Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to Quite the Interview from Quite the Thing Media, a podcast about podcasts basically, where I ask an independent podcaster eight simple questions to get their story, see if they can open up a little bit about their podcasting journey. Joining me today is my co-founder basically of Quite the Thing Media and that is Colin McMillan. How are you mate? Hello mate, I'm good thank you. Um Looking forward to this, actually. Um, one of my favourite things to talk about is myself, so this is ideal. Uh, right up my yes, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, like I say, mate, it's it's about your journey, your story. Any tips and tricks for independent podcasters? Because we have been doing it for about five years now or so um, on another network. Then we decided to start quite the thing back in, Feb- I think it was February 2021, so we're, we're still a pretty young network but we do have a little bit of a experience behind us how are you finding the whole network thing anyway mate like at the moment it's pretty pretty full on it is it's 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 very full on it's been it's certainly kept us busy and admittedly you more so than i um but it's it's been interesting it's been i've been surprised pleasantly so about the number of people that have wanted to come on the network so quickly and it's, it's really showed me that there is a, a a whole big chunk of podcasters out there that are just plugging away and trying to do their thing. And they they do want and appreciate the help and the support that kind of can come from the, the numbers of being in a network and having those other kind of your peers to talk to and get advice from and just knock ideas together. Um, it's, it's doing some really good work in that regard. And I think in the future, as it grows and we get smarter and we start to see real growth and listening figures and helping people in that regard. There's people are going to take a lot from it and really get a lot out of it, and that's quite satisfying for me. Yeah, we're both on a massive learning curve at the moment, and sort of learn on the job. And I've got a habit of jumping into decisions, and that's where calling you kind of at times like that, like think about it for a wee second or whatever. You know, we kind of work well together like that. And I suppose when it comes to podcasting, it's it is. Like, we've podcasted together for, like I said, about four years now um, on on another network. We've got a, a show that's got 170 episodes or something now, as well as the multitude of other episodes we don't do together. So we, we do have a bit of experience, and hopefully through this interview you can pick up some tips and tricks if you're maybe at nearer the beginning of your journey. And now that there's about 2 million podcasts out there, it's a it's a jungle. It really is what it is. It really, really, really is. It's uh the landscape's <coughs> changed considerably even since I first picked up a, a USB microphone and started my kind of trepid te- steps into it. It's now it's now big, big business and it's something that isn't this niche thing that people do in their bedrooms. It's big massive companies, big massive studios and big massive budgets and big massive stars that are involved in it now and that makes it all the harder for an independent person or independent group of people to try and get their voice heard because you're not just competing now with other podcasters, you're competing with 
celebrity. You're competing with massive media channels. You're com- competing with serious people like Louis Ferru and Barack Obama and everybody and everybody else has now got a podcast, Jack. It's, it's a huge, huge, big market with so many other people competing with people's ears. Yeah, so sort of already went off piece a little bit instead of just sort of jumping into the questions, which was my aim when we decided to do this interview podcast, basically. So we'll jump in. Number one, it's the best place to start, really, when you're starting a list, Colin. And it's kind of three questions rolled into one. And I think you've got, you may have a lot of different answers here. So what is your podcast? How did it come about? And how long have you been going? We sort of did cover that, but that's just sort of three questions bunched into one, mate. Okay, um, so I've got a, a few podcasts that I do. On the other network that we do, which is a football network, I um, I do a weekly show where I invite a guest on and we talk about the kind of pivotal moments of a footballer's career. Um, we kind of bookend each of those moments with a look at the music charts from that time. We kind of pick a song that we like from that time, play a little snippet bit of that, and go back to talking about the footballer. <clears throat> um, been doing that for about two years or so now. Um, I've also got the show that you and I do together on that network, which is probably the hardest show to, to kind of describe because there is no agenda, there's no real theme. We, we just find something that we find interesting and we talk about it each week and we try and make it funny where we can as well. And from that, the, the offshoots of uh, Wrong Term Memory came, which is our podcast that we do independently ourselves um, every Monday. And again, that is really, there's not a real agenda to that. We've done a little bit of, we've talked, we've talked a little bit of movies on that show. We've talked a little bit of music. We've looked at how your brain works now, how your memory works and design and prove that. We've also got some experts on and things like fallacies and writing books and kind of pick their brains and what makes them tick and how they do they go about doing things. So again, it's, I mean, it's under the comedy improv um, category on iTunes, but there's a little bit more to it than that. And I think that keeps it fresh and keeps us kind of on our toes to come up with something new every week rather than just kind of finding a little box and just sticking to it. I quite like the fact that we're a little bit all over the place with a different thing each week. Um, and finally, um, our latest podcast that you and I do together as well is What Does SMH Mean? Um, a movie podcast where you and I and Scotland's very own Ken Barlow, Stephen Hurdard, <laughs> come on each week and we talk films. Um, and we just launched the first episode this week, talked about the films in 1994, Scottish films, and picked Stephen's been a little bit about his experience sort of in the industry and what it's actually like at that end of the camera. So... That's really, really just starting, but um, I think that's going to get more and more interesting and we're going to learn a little bit more because you've got two guys that just love films and TV and Jack and I, and you've got another guy who's also passionate about it, but is also involved in it a little bit, and that's kind of the USP of that show, I think. Yeah, that's it. Looking at wrong-term memory then and turning the, the mirror on ourselves, do you think it was a mistake being a podcast that's basically two guys talking because we came from a network where we've got a very niche market but it's a very big market as in it's Rangers football club fans like fans of one specific club so we're all singing from the same hymn sheet and people get to know you there's a community aspect to it and we try to maybe carry that over to the independent podcast world 
Do you think, looking back, we could have planned that a little bit better and tried to maybe drill down into a more specific category or just plan it better, mate? Because I kind of personally think we, we could have planned it a little bit better, but planning is boring. You just want to get out there. We we probably could have done if we wanted to kind of give ourselves a, a set sort of formula and a set sort of subject matter each week then yeah we probably could have done but we were lucky enough that we did bring over a big chunk of our audience with us they they kind of made the journey over to us and they do listen each week and without blowing our own trumpet too much which I don't like to do I think just two guys speaking and having a laugh is something that we're particularly good at and people enjoy listening to it one of the great things about the private network is that because it's all behind an app and behind a firewall a paywall I should say each episode that comes out has its own individual comments thread and you actually get really good instant feedback from listeners. Our listeners are great at interacting with us, telling us what they like, telling us what they don't like and it gives us a real good idea of what works and what doesn't and what to do more of and what to maybe try differently. I'd say that's the biggest thing that you have to that's been difficult about long term memory because we're getting decent for what we are, we're getting decent listening figures uh, we're enjoying it. People seem to be liking it, but we're just getting that feedback off random Twitter threads, people reaching out, the odd email and things like that. I do miss the the closeness of being in that community and getting that instant feedback. Um, I think that's a big thing for all podcasts, really. I'm surprised, particularly that Apple haven't produced something like that themselves, the ability to leave comments on individual podcasts and make them a bit more social. I think they're missing a trick there, and I think it's something that could be really, really valuable to to all podcasters, um, successful or otherwise. Um, I, I talked to you a lot, Jack, about the Wolf and Owl podcast that launched recently with um, Ramesh Raganathan and Big Davis. Tom Davis. And they they do almost what we do. They, they just sit and have a chat about stuff, they think of a couple of subjects and give their thoughts on it. The frustrating thing for me is that they're celebrities. They've got massive following and literally thousands and thousands of people listening to their podcast so they put out a little bit of a request for content and they ask people to email them and they get inundated with email inundated with content and it just keeps it all ticking over and it's great we've got to work so much harder for that and i do find that a little bit frustrating at times but that's just a kind of a sign of where we are in the world at the moment unfortunately that we just don't have that audience to tap into um but to go back to your kind of original question should we have done something differently or done more planning Maybe, but it's not really our thing. So I'd probably say no. One thing that you you will hear as well, like <clears throat> especially from um, podcast gurus or whatever, is the whole web website thing, for example. Mm-hmm. So we've got our own website there, wrongtermemory.com, where it's got an about page, it's got the latest episodes, show notes, etc. There's a hell of a lot of work, man. Is it worth it? is what I'm trying to get at. Or <laughs> do you think, starting out, you're a startup podcast, don't, not don't bother about it, but leave it for a while, or just use, for example, Captivate will produce you a nice, clean site, captivate.fm forward slash podcast name. It's got your social links, it's got your episodes, it's got a description, it's got, a host bio. Do you need any more than that when you're just sort of starting out? Like I, I overegged it, I think. Like I went mental. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably don't. To be to be, to be honest, you don't. Um, we fought big 
And we did. We said all along that we knew that we, we knew that obviously from acorns, big trees grow, and we wanted to have a website that if things really, really took off and it got super popular, people rediscovering the podcast maybe three months, four months down the line could look back at the the podcast we've done, look back at those linked podcast pages and enjoy the content that way. However, it was creating a big, massive job for us. Bear in mind, we're two guys that have full-time actual jobs that we do, which take up a lot of our time, and this is all done in between balance and other home life responsibilities and keeping our wives happy and everything else. So it is a massive undertaking, and I think for most people, unless you get a buzz out of it or you particularly enjoy doing it, if you've got a host like Captivate that do something simple for you, that's really all you need. Like if somewhere that people can find you, especially if you're trying to get people to your podcast, maybe aren't podcast listeners just now, having a website with the player embedded and let them be able to listen to it straight from there, I think is a good way of bringing people in for the first time. Because this sounds silly, but there's a, there's human effort involved in opening up a podcast app, searching for our podcast name, subscribing, pressing play, finding the episode and stuff like that. Whereas if you can just link, send it a link to a website and they can press the play button on there, I think that's a, quite a good tool for bringing new people in. So if you can get something simple like that just from your host, I'd say that's probably the way to go. And then as you get bigger and require something more, that's the time to start thinking about the website. Yeah, this is very much a, a, another personal opinion. <clears throat> you read a lot about transcription as well. And I kind of think the only need for transcription is if you're really proactive about accessibility on your site if you want to be accessible to to the blind for example that would like to maybe use a, a screen reader to read the full notes back to them or whatever I don't think because NPR the biggest network in the world does transcription that these podcast guru fakers if you want to call them look at NPR, this is what I think, personal opinion here, they look at NPR and they say, well, NPR do transcription, look how big they are, it must be the way to do things. I totally don't agree with it unless you are looking towards the accessible side of things. Any opinions on that, mate? I don't know what your, your thoughts um, are there. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as say it's not the thing to do. What I would say, it's not the thing to do if you're a one-man band with limited time and you're trying to balance up what jobs are important and which ones aren't. Um, I, f- I think the way NPR do it is brilliant for them because yeah. they've probably got a team of staff whose only job is to transcribe everything and make it look nice on the website, make it all make sense. If you're trying to do a podcast in your spare time as a hobby with a hope of eventually maybe doing something further with it, I don't think it's that important. I think the the major benefit that you get out of it is that it might help your podcast be discoverable on Google if everything you talk about is written on a web page somewhere. But you can be smart with your SEO and your search words and everything else and get that, I think, in other ways for all the difference it's going to make for the vast majority of people that are just starting out. Um, the dream for me is to one day have a massive website like NPR's where yes. they, they have that and that's there for us. We've got staff <clears> that do that or... I don't know, we moved to America, we end up working for NPR, I don't know. Um, but it's, that's massive dreams that are so far away from most people's reality um, that it's not worth really worrying about. And you know what, there's there's companies that are out there charging you a small fee and offering to do it for you, uh, using robotics, using um, AI and stuff like that. We've tested that um, on one of our episodes. <coughs> it's nonsense, it doesn't work. 
Um, the, the robotics and the AI isn't quite at the standard yet where it's accessible from a price point of view for MD to do it. Um, it's a manual job for somebody who's actually been involved in the process, has the show notes and can actually put it together in a nice way. So, no, I don't think it's essential at all. Right. Um, that was question one, mate. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah. Uh, question two, uh, what was the for, first podcast that you listened to? I think we might be in the same boat here, but we'll see. Um, it was. I think it was two I discovered pretty much at the same time. So I think the one that I'll share with you um, would have been the Rick Is Your Face podcast. Yes. Um, with Carl Pilkington and Stephen Merchant. Um, and that I was a big fan of The Office, a big fan of Rick Is Your Face, and I heard he was on a podcast. And I heard it was quite funny. So I had listened to that one night, and I think I laughed like a drain. I literally, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I went a uh, a long time where it was really one of the only only two podcasts I listened to was that I'd listened to the same episodes over and over again and it was still hilarious um, the Cal Pilkington if he's a character, if he's not a character, whatever he was he was just brilliant and the other one was the Russell Brand podcast um, and the main reason for that was a massive Russell Brand fan and I really enjoyed his radio show but his radio show was on a Saturday morning and then it got moved to the BBC and it was a Saturday night Neither of those times are ideal radio listening times for me. So the fact that the whole show, when it's uploaded as a podcast later on, was ideal. So rather than listening to his shows live, I was listening to the podcast, and it was him. And he's kind of co-host a guy called Matt Morgan, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, I still listen to Matt Morgan's podcast today to follow his Patreon and support him. It's just wonderful stuff, but that's the kind of two ones that got me into it, I would say. Yeah, I was Ricky Gervais way back in the day. Question number three, mate, we need to try and batter through these at some point. How has your podcast evolved and changed over the last four years? Um, I think if I just answer that kind of, if I answer that sort of just vaguely as a kind of overall how I, how I approach a podcast and what I try and do. So uh, when I first started, I got to the stage where I was almost scripting the whole thing out, uh, writing, this, writing the show out as if it was an essay. And thankfully, I never get into the habit of reading it like an essay or treating it like that. But that was how I did my planning. And I'm inviting people on that show to talk about something they're passionate about, a footballer that they really love or admire or they respect. They're the expert about that player, not me. And I'm going to be spending a couple of hours researching that player myself and a couple of loads of notes. But I quickly realised, listen, that's not my story. I'm here to hear their side of this player and why it's important to them. So I tried to stop doing that and reduce it just to bullet points and maybe just triggers of dates or games that I wanted to talk about and get their get their feeling off. Um, as part of that network as well, we do quite a lot of breaking news shows or daily shows with news and stuff like that. And whenever I took part in them, I'd maybe spend ages reading all the news that day and getting a real good feel for it. Now, at a moment's notice, I can go on that show and just kind of speak off the cuff about it. And that's not because I've suddenly became more of an expert or I understand football better or anything like that. It's just a confidence thing. Um, you, you you learn that you can just talk and if it's something you're passionate about, you don't need to plan it so much. You don't need to know everything about it because the words will come naturally and they're probably more impactful um, because they're coming just from you know, the heart rather than something you've planned out or you think is going to sound clever. So I'd say yeah, that's, that's right. main things for me. That just... Be confident in yourself. And I know that can sound really hard if you're starting out, but just the more you do it, pod as often as you can, guest on other people's shows as often as you can, because the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it and the better you'll get at it. 
and you all feel comfortable just talking and not having to plan everything out and just enjoy what you're doing because it's, it's far, far better. Yeah, we've kind of covered bits and bobs of questions for, I suppose, but any sort of other advice for anyone looking to get into podcasting? Give it a go. Um, it's it's not it's not a difficult thing to get into initially. Um, it can become super expensive if you want to start buying yourself all the best kit and a, a brand new laptop to do all your editing on and all the software and stuff like that. But it's genuinely not necessary at the start. So give it a go. As long as you've got a decent headset, a decent sort of microphone, a laptop that will run Audacity, which is a free software for editing, you can get going really, really simply. Um, you don't even need a host at the start. You could just put your stuff on YouTube if you wanted and do it that way. Or there's plenty of hosts that offer like a 30-day trial. Um, get your first couple episodes out and see how it sounds that way. Um, but give it a go. And when you do give it a go, have a listen to it and get people you know and people you respect and, and like to listen to it and get their feedback. Because you might not get many listens at the start. It might not grow very, very quickly. But get that feedback from them because it's good to hear that and it does keep you. It does make you keep going and make it feel worthwhile. If it's, even if the listeners' figures at some points don't make it feel that way. Yeah, it can feel like an uphill struggle at times when your numbers are low. But yeah, my advice would be do it. Yes, jump in, give it a bash. Anchors out there, for example, there's, there's free things. You know, you don't need to commit money to it at the start. I would advise that if you do get into things, moving away from Anchor. And getting onto a, a better host, in my opinion, maybe a, a, a captivate something like that. You know, like a different host out there that you can use their skills and knowledge, their marketing, their distribution, rather than rather than Anchor. I've never used Anchor. People seem to enjoy it and get on with things, but I do think if you want to step it up a bit, you need to you need to move um, from that. But that's just a personal opinion of mine. What other podcast do you admire, mate? Question number five. Um, I oh, admire a lot of podcasts. Um, this American Life is one that I've listened to almost since the start as well. Um, Ira Glass, I just think, is a, a really interesting guy and the, the different reporters and the different contributors that he's gathered around them. Um, he's, they're, they're, they're coming up now for, I think, almost 800 episodes of their show now. And every week's completely different, but it's just the best reporters and the best storytellers going there's a reason why almost 2 million people listen to it every week it's really really good um, other stuff I, I kind of admire um, I've got into a lot of true crime stuff um, I've got into a lot of long form storytelling as well so things like the original serial um, I found that quite captivating when it came out that was that was that almost became like Game of Thrones for me in terms of it was like water cooler talk and work Suddenly people that have never listened to podcasts were all listening to Serial. They're all obsessed with this, with this court case and what went on in it. Um, ones like that, I, I find stuff that's, that I find stuff that, that you sometimes wouldn't imagine goes well in a podcast. You think this would be better if it was a TV show. But I think when you just when you just kind of close your eyes or listen to something, you have people describe it without pictures. It can really you can bring things to life yourself. And I think things like Serial, This American Life, do a great job of that. Yeah, there's, there's stuff like Planet Money, for example. You wouldn't think that that would be interesting to listen to, but there's some really sort of yeah. captivating episodes. It's just, it's high production value. Like, obviously, independent podcasters might, might struggle with that a little bit, that, that real crisp sound, storytelling, editing, which is 
not what we are we are all about on the network like I, we do have standards basically like I, I wouldn't particularly want somebody recording it 100% on their phone you've got buses going by or whatever I, I've had a few people contact me I have said to them look you're only two episodes in go away hone your skills over the next month or two and people have got back to me and for example first place podcast they contacted me right at the beginning <clears throat> and I said to them look no offence I'm going to be honest I'll always be honest with people in the network you're not quite right at the moment but they came back 10 episodes later and they were producing really good stuff and I was like yeah 100% happy to get you on and we can do all that side of things so yeah um, a little bit of production value goes a, a long way and a little bit of care in your editing basically if you could go back in time Colin to one point in your life to talk to your younger self where would you go and what would you say wow what a question um, I think I'd probably go and talk to like my 15 year old self I think and I'd, I'd tell myself just to be a little bit more sensible and to pay attention to things more because I think I'm quite an intelligent guy but I did okay at school I um, did okay in my hires and stuff like that I did a couple of advanced hires I didn't go to uni I didn't get a degree or do any of that stuff I've kind of joined the my working life and just worked my, way, worked my way up and stuff like that I should probably be doing more than I already am um, from a career point of view and I think uh, a good few years of nonsense and not really bothering about it too much in my early to mid-twenties is responsible for that um, probably could also quite like to tell myself you know what everything's going to be cool don't worry you're going to get married you're going to have a nice house you're going to be relatively pretty happy with your life so Everything's going to be cool, but just pay attention a little bit more and make the best of yourself you can. Yeah, before we get to 40, mate, we are going to be fucking podcast gods. There we are. That's so. my so. That's my shout out. What famous person would you love to interview? Oh, wow. Um, what famous person, God? Um, I'd love to interview Morrissey. I'd love to interview Kanye West. Ira Glass. Um... That's probably the three. That's the that's the three I would really like to talk to. That's kind of the dream sort of dinner table guests. Um, yeah, that's the three. Morrissey, Kanye West, and Ira Glass would be cool. Would you know be a little bit on edge that Morrissey might say something that would get your podcast took off of fucking Apple? <laughs> um, no, because I'm really good <clears throat> at editing. <laughs> Just beep, edit that out, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I've got my opinions on Morrissey and people that know us will know that. People that don't know us. Which hopefully you don't. You'll listen to this as a as a entry-level, uh, quite the interview podcast. I hate Morrissey. Colin loves him. But we got there, mate. Question number eight. What's your favourite episode for people to check out? And I suppose it needs to be a public one then, so <clears throat> we'll leave the heart and hand stuff. Um, my favourite episode. Well, that is a question and a half, Jack. Um, can you remember half of them and do that many? <laughs> oh, we've done so many. It's it's ridiculous how many we've done. So, no. Um, I'd probably say I'd. I think the first episode of What's SMH mean? The movie podcast is great. But I think that podcast's going to grow and get better and better and better. So I would say it would be one of the long term memory episodes. Um, in terms of what one. Um, what kind of stuff to be doing here at the start that I quite enjoyed? You know what was a good episode? We had Sean Williamson on Long Term Memory. 
uh, back in February talking about his book and his book was all about how he trained for a year to become the one of the quizzing champions of the UK um, and it's a really good conversation for an hour he tells us loads of good stuff we have some really good chat between the three of us and I'd say that's it's not a typical episode because we're not an interview show but I think it's a really fun one to listen to so I'd maybe say I'd maybe say that one I think Jack yeah I tend to agree with you like he was such a lovely guy as well you know he came on he didn't he didn't money was never spoken about or anything he was just happy to come on and speak about like fair enough he did have a book out so like there was a bit of that we did post links to his books and stuff like that so it wasn't all a a one-way street but he came on and he he was fun he was funny lovely and recorded a little promo and stuff like that that's one tip by the way like if if you do um, have a guest on or you're trying to get guests just be blunt and just ask there's no point in beating about the bush like at the end of that recording I just said to Sean look can you see say these words for us and he was happy enough to do it I think like ask if you don't ask you don't get that's it yeah totally and if you can find a if you can find a way in like we did with Sean Sean's just brought a book out he's obviously looking to promote it give them give them a reason to come on your show as well don't just say do you want to call my podcast Mr Williamson um, find a timeline where it suits them as well so look for people that have got books coming out look for people who have got new projects whatever that may be these people have always got something they want to promote so find what that is and use that as your way in and that's kind of always worked for me in the past and the, I'm not somebody that's done loads of interview shows but I've not tried to either the ones that I've tried to do I've, I've relatively done okay with and got people to go and do stuff and it's all about telling them what they'll get out of doing your podcast and if it's just a little bit of publicity a few more book sales it's worth an hour of their time. Yeah, that's it. One thing you will hear people say is offer a bit of value. And if you can offer that little bit of value to people, people will, like, one hand feeds the other type of thing. So, yeah, go out and ask. Colin, cheers, this this ran a little bit longer. I did say to you, like, 15, 20 minutes, bitch, bash, <laughs> bosh, we'll get this wrapped up. But we spent about 20 minutes on the first question alone. Hopefully... With our experience, if you're, if you're just starting out, we've maybe gave you some advice that you might not read so much. You know, I think a lot of the stuff you read online can be pretty generic and people sell themselves as experts when literally they've all read the same one article somewhere. Yeah. So hopefully as an independent podcast, you've, you've maybe took a little bit of something from this and Colin mate it was, it was nice to speak to you we just recorded the show before this so I have been speaking to you for about two hours now so <laughs> it yeah, was that's enough <laughs> that, that is plenty yes I need to go get my dinner and, and see the message but cheers for coming on mate absolute pleasure mate I really enjoy this I'm looking forward to other people's shows as well yeah so that was quite the interview from quite the thing media and we will be back with you soon Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints.